0: So we had to have a uh, a human come over. I'm not good at plumbing, unlike the rest of the show. Yeah, I, I thought about calling Mino to come over and and uh, replace some stuff in my my uh, bathroom plumbing wise, but I decided to opt for someone else. And um, you're like, okay, we'll be over there. At Give night. the boy a job,
1: right? Let I him know. fix your Let plumbing. Let the poor guy work. <laughs> Let the boy fix I'll your figure plumbing. Figure it out. He's got YouTube yeah. and a wrench. What more do you need? <laughs> right. Will so you f- let the boy <laughs> fix your toilet? So we had a couple of issues,
0: and the guy Thanks, said, Dan. I'll be there at 9, 9.15 or whatever. I'm like, okay. So, um, you know, this is like 8 o'clock, or, and so I'm doing my morning routine and walking the dogs, come back, feed them, walk into the bedroom, like 8.45, and I'm like, looking at the room where he's going to work, Okay, he's going to work in the bathroom, but he's got to walk through the bedroom. Hey, now. And I'm looking at my bed, and I think... You left the stuff out? Do you have a tool belt? Hang on. don't we'll jump ahead. Okay. And I ask myself this question. Should I make the bed for the plumber? If a plumber walks into a house and walks through a bedroom, which they do every day of their lives and they see an unmade bed, are they like, do they care? And in my head, I'm like, I need to make the bed for the plumber. And so I did. Now I make it every day anyway. Depends just because on the plumber, I'm sure. The woman that lives in my house for free, that's just part of the deal. She gets up before me. I figure I'll make the bed. She likes it. I don't care. And where, does um, she, where does she work? Uh, she doesn't. Right. She, she uh, tends to children. And you're making the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, I sleep in it longer. <laughs> So, God, what a masochist you are. Uh, so anyway.
2: This is a really, this is a big issue.
1: And don't give me that looking after the children crap. Breastfeeding ended decades ago. <laughs> hey out. The kids can watch themselves. I man, I wish that was the case. I really
0: do. Uh, but yeah, like why do I feel the need to tidy up when the plumber's coming? This is an amazing
2: question that I've wanted to bring on the air. Because in the last year, we finally gave in, or maybe she finally gave in, Mm -hmm. and occasionally we'll have cleaning lady roll through. Now, it's not often, but enough. she's compared enough notes with enough other ladies in a certain time of life that, hey, if yep. you want those floorboards, right? Or if mm-hmm. you, you'd you really like this, whether, you know, periodical. I don't know. Is it once a month? Is it uh, once every other week? I have no idea.
0: Should be once a week.
2: Well, I,
0: I think that Sally deserves a maid once a week. Go I, ahead.
2: I, and you know what? I'm positive we're going to head in that direction okay. because, you know, as the kids all leave the house, it gets messier somehow. Right. I can't tell you how stressful it is the night before the cleaning lady shows up, because we have to now clean it like our, fa- our parents are visiting. Yeah. I don't understand the clean for the clean, is what I'm saying. It makes no sense. At least making the bed for the plumber is to uh, uh, give him the idea that your life is together. But if you're hiring someone to clean your house,
0: by definition, you don't have your act together. We so why are we cleaning to impress the cleaning? I don't know. We do it all the time, though. It's like, have you picked up? Carmen's coming over today.
1: I'm like, uh, all right. I finally quit that. Quit doing that. The most recent one, really? Yeah.
0: Doesn't that defeat the purpose? Perfect- well, the I point?
1: think
2: that
0: I think that the if you do have some sort of cleaning human coming over, I do think at the very least. You can pick your clothes up and put them in some form of hamper. Well, that's a given. Yes. I'm talking about part.
1: loading the dishwasher. And <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Making the bed.
0: No. You're changing the sheets anyway. No. Right. Right. You don't make the bed when... No. I agree with all that. And it is ridiculous. Like, oh, did you clean uh, the kids' room? Well...
1: No. No, I didn't. The, the I thought that's what this money. check is for. Yeah, the money. checks the same amount. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't change. You don't get a discount because you picked up your socks. It, so okay, so this is rampant.
2: This oh, isn't yeah. just oh, a, it's a dude, thing. It's, yeah, cleaning it's for the cleaning lady. That the cleaning be for in the cleaning lady it should be in the
1: dictionary. Yeah, it's it's a very odd tradition that I don't want to be a part of. Until the baby came, there wasn't a cleaning lady, but it's a must now. Yeah. And no, it just, what's the point? That's why we hired her. Right. And she makes good money. Sure. Now, does your missus agree with this? Yeah. She does. She was, but that she was like me. But now we're overwhelmed. It's yeah. already enough. I cannot pick up for her, for, for not for the cleaning lady. Yes, I will put my clothes away. I'll put the shoes where they belong. Put the bong up but, in the corner. The bong stays out. The cleaning lady <laughs> loves that part.
0: Hands off the bong. Yeah. You've got those big pipe cleaners just yep. sitting out there for her to yep. stick down the six-footer. That's right. Yeah.
2: The apple. Don't
0: empty the water. Stop it. It's right where I want it. I'm already mad at you for 90210 and chasing, chasing the, dragon, the dragon, which I've got info Are you on. you telling me you leave your apple out when the cleaning lady comes. No one up. smokes out of an apple. No one. I mean... Well, I mean, you have, but you're you don't. A real jam. Yes, it's not something that you just do. You know, go get an apple, carve it out, and smoke out.
1: I'm it. more likely to have. I'm more likely to have an actual pot pipe than a piece of fruit on me. <laughs> Where did the apple thing come from? You know, hold surround- on, I've got this, guys. I happen to have an apple. We're surrounded by fruit,
2: though. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't
1: have what we need here. Gosh, i look- really, I'd really like to get stoned while we're lounging in this orchard, but. <laughs> How do we do it? I've got an idea, Kyle. Orchard. Here we are in the orchard
2: again.
0: I ended up making the bed. And you know what? I walked the plumber through there, and I was thinking, right now he thinks I'm pretty kick-ass. Like, real squared away. Dang, this guy, is it all together? Yeah. How could he possibly have a plumbing problem? Right. So I hope he enjoyed it. Did you flush the toilet? I did not. Left him a nice, steamy steamer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now fix that. Yeah. Yeah. And get in there with your hand, all right, let's party. the uh, ticket but this weekend, the Fourth of July always reminds me of something that happened in my childhood, and it happened on the two hundredth birthday of our nation in nineteen seventy six on the bicentennial, yes, this was on the bicentennial. I was eight years old. I was born at sixty eight so I was eight years old, okay. I'm living with my parents and my younger baby sister, who is probably two, two and a half, and we live in Mountain View, California. Now, at the time, it was not the hotbed of tech, the Silicon Valley that it's become known as today. Okay, it, so it's NoCal? NorCal? North Cal, yeah, Northern California in the Bay Area, um, right in the middle of, of all of the Googles and all of the, the, the Hulus and all of that stuff out there. And, but at the time... It was naval base housing, and we lived on a naval base. My father was at the very end of his career as a naval officer an electrician specifically. And um, (laughs) we were grilling, hanging out at the park. We had a public. It was a very public thing, and it was kind of like the projects. I mean, you think of what the projects in your mind—what they look like, mm-hmm. not the towers in the wire, but <laughs> the single-story, you know, single-family kind yes. of uh, uh, apartments that are all latched and linked together. Sure. There. So we had a common playground area out back. And the parents were grilling, and I guess they had gone inside to have some adult beverages, And as often in the 70s, and you know this for sure. You pretty much had free reign to do whatever you wanted. Kids were left unattended at all times. Yeah, parents weren't worried. Right, parents were not concerned about what you were getting into. So, I'm on the playground, and I'm eight years old there, I'm playing with another kid, and we're in the dirt and playing army men or trucks or whatever, and there were a uh, there were a couple of older kids there that were probably ten to twelve, maybe thirteen, and they were what we thought of as bullies back then. And they would call us names because we were small, and they would uh, you know push us and walk up to you and hit you in the arm and and one kid singled me out that day, and for whatever reason he wanted to mess with me. How old? I was eight. He was probably eleven. Okay. I mean. Taller, yeah. like a good head taller than me. Right. And he was swinging on a swing set, and I was near the swing set, and he either jumped off or stuck out his leg when he was swinging and kicked me really, really hard in the ribs. It was not, it was more than just bullying and playing around. It really hurt. Mm-hmm. And growing up in a Navy family, I knew all of the words by the time I was probably six years old. And outside of being in front of my parents, had no hesitation in using them whatsoever. And I believe the words "G, damn it, you mf'er" <laughs> As from an eight-year-old. Eight yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, left my mouth, and he jumped off of the swing set, ran over to me, confronted me, and started pushing me with the "What'd you call me? What'd you say? What'd you call me? What'd you say?" Yeah, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether to run, cry. And while I was trying to make that decision, there was a group of high school kids that were drinking beer and picnicking over in the periphery, and they see what is about to happen as a fight, or what they think is a fight, or what they want to happen is a fight.
2: Yeah, they're never peacemakers, are they?
1: So it's probably about seven high school boys, and they surround us in a circle, and they start rooting for me, the little guy. They're rooting for you because they want to see you open up a can that you probably shouldn't open up i was a skinny kid (laughs) i wore glasses i had messed up buck teeth that had a big space in the middle and for whatever reason they picked me as their champion to fight this kid that was probably four inches taller than me and had about 20 pounds on me okay so these boys circle us encircle us and they're yelling at me come on little man come on little guy. You, oh. All you need is confidence. That's okay. what I'll never all right. this. All
2: right, so you have the crowd. I got the crowd on my side. You're trying to get confidence, and you're ready to roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Okay, this could have gone well.
1: Well, what happened was, all I remembered in my head was, <laughs> all you need is confidence. And I had that mantra. And this is happening in a matter of a minute. Yeah, and they're walking you into a buzzsaw. They are walking me into <laughs> a buzzsaw. And Bob, at that moment, uh huh, I could not. I was too scared to run cuz I was more worried about <laughs> letting down my fans sure yeah <laughs> than I was your faithful public than I was getting my teeth knocked out mm-hmm. okay so at that moment I closed my eyes and I started the <laughs> horizontal windmill swing. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. You know it. Oh, I do. Where the arms are not going like a like this, they're right. going kind of this way, and I'm just throwing punches as hard as I can. Just blind. Just eyes closed. I can't see what I'm hitting. Right. I'm, it's Fists just, you know, slapping into one another. The an most arm.
2: natural of fight styles uh, ever conceived. If yeah. somebody who's never trained for a second, they all fight exactly the same. Correct. Like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and and believe me, I'd I'd had three years of karate under my Mm -hmm. belt, but it didn't come into play here. Yeah. As it never does when when martial arts can be an asset to you. Unfortunately, yes, karate doesn't uh, transfer very well. It doesn't take to the streets very well. (laughs) No, it does not. So this seems to go on for what it felt like to me five minutes, probably 15, 20 seconds. He's doing the same thing. I don't really see anything, and for whatever reason, my left hits bone, Oh, and I hear... A pop, a scream, and a and a a, a guy starting to cry. starting to cry. Oh, oh wow! A and blind I, fist found its target. I open my eyes, and blood is gushing from this dude's nose. Wow! And he looked at me, and through blood and tears, and he goes, "Holy s, you broke my nose." <laughs> yes, the. The I high love school it. boys were cheering. I started bawling. I was so terrified and sad, and I cut through the wall that was encircling us and ran home and told my parents what happened. Okay, so the boys were Great never success. tempted
2: to uh, lift you on their shoulders to no, no, celebrate the victory. Bob, you, were, I, you were rattled by a win.
1: I tore ass and got out of there as fast as possible.
2: And his empty claim that, his loss is your fault mm-hmm. is, again, the oldest trick in the book in the fight game for kids. Yeah. And you c- kind of sounds like you bought it. Yeah, exactly. Man, I shouldn't have broke this guy's nose. I felt terrible. <laughs> I was crying. I know,
1: but, man, I don't... Look, like he started it. There's no question. He I didn't, started
2: it. He's bigger, and uh, you are it was a uh, one defending in a million,
1: yourself. One in a million lucky shot, but whatever. It happened. It's the only fist fight I've ever been in in my entire life. You got the win. You retired. I did. I went home and I told my parents. Uh-huh. I'm sitting on the couch. My, I'd let my dad know what's going on. My mom's in the kitchen cooking or doing whatever she's doing. There's a knock at the door. My dad answers the door. It's another grown man, my dad's size. And he goes, is your son home? Okay. And my dad goes, yeah. He goes, why? He goes, your son just broke my son's nose. And he goes, Okay. <laughs> the boy's standing next to him and the door opens a little bit more to uh, to see the kid with ice and a towel on sure, his nose sure the guy looks at me he looks at the kid and
2: the other uh, sorry the yeah. dad is also a navy guy the other yeah. one okay yeah, if you're, all right if so you're on you're, that you're, base, you're fine i'm predicting the end here you're in good shape
1: yeah the dad looks at me and looks at his kid looks back at me and looks at his kid and he goes is that the one <laughs> And the kid goes, uh huh. And meanwhile, I'm sitting on the couch with my feet just sticking oh, straight yeah, yeah, out. Oh yeah, yeah, They won't, they and won't go all the way down. Paddle ball yeah. or your Legos. Uh huh. He goes, that's the one. And he goes, yeah. And he looks at looks at me and he looks at my dad and he goes, gee, damn it, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry.
2: Wow. Yeah.
1: And that was it. That's the greatest fight story I've ever yeah, heard. That was it. He saw how little I was and couldn't believe that that had happened. And told this kid that he, he was basically a pee and they went home.
2: I I think that's a but tremendous that's, fight story, Danny.
1: I can never not remember that 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 scene when it comes to the 4th of July.
2: That is so good, man. Thank you. And uh, you worked in our troops as well.
1: I didn't I couldn't help that.
2: The, no, I I think that just makes your story. Oh
1: yeah, the fact that
2: On the bicentennial right. our troops and your victory, I feel full circle uh America won that yeah. day. The troops, my battle-tested father, who is a <laughs> naval electrician.
3: <laughs> hey, still a troop. Ticket. ticket uh, Saroy so did have a really good idea and asked Mike, all right, what moves the needle for Mike Reiner? Because <laughs> I'm not, I don't, don't want to say you're going to mock people who are crying because their country loses in the World Cup, but I don't know if you really get it. No, I don't get it. I don't get it because I'm not worried that way. At all, and you've never been wired that way. No,
4: not really.
5: Do you think, and, and we were discussing this and we have in the past, that you working in this industry and in this business have become numb to the uh, perceived magic of sports? To
4: a certain extent, yeah. I think I have. But not totally. Not totally. I still appreciate the great game or the great play or the great at bat or a great pass, a great catch, a great defensive play. You know, a great three-point shot, a great shooter, a, a great playmaker, a, you know, as much as anybody. But I, I don't really get caught up in the winning and losing. I, I've, I've become, I guess I've become a little bit more about the process. There's a winner. There's a loser. Why did whoever won win? Why did whoever lost lose? That's what I'm into.
5: So it led to our ultimate question of what – emotionally moves the needle for you in the sports realm so we would like you to list have you
4: guys noticed this about me that i, I don't get no you know? not you
5: particularly although again as you said if the u.s was in the world cup you'd be a whole lot more interested yeah i, I, I know would. that but you have to have some level of cynicism in this business i think because you're going to see a lot of stuff in every different direction and you, I don't know. To yeah. ride the roller coaster is a hard thing, and to be level-headed is certainly a better approach for the day-to-day. Yeah, approach.
4: I mean, it's made me jaded for sure. There's no doubt about that. It has.
3: Okay, but that said... But you she... do love sports. Yes. And you I, love sports a long, I do. long time. Yes, I do. I and still do. It's just, I think when you love... I bet Norm would tell you the same thing. You can get emotionally invested in what's happening. If you love a team, a certain team or a certain sport... And you're checking everything out like I thought and I'm going to put words in your mouth. I thought when the Rangers made it to the World Series the first time, that would probably make you boohoo like a baby because you love baseball and you love the Rangers. And to finally see them climb that mountain to get to the promised land. You probably thought in your head at particular times, you thought that would never, ever happen oh, in your yeah, lifetime. sure I did. But now it finally happened. Yeah. And they struck out A-Rod, and bam, they make it to the World Series.
4: That is the greatest night, the greatest moment of my sports life.
3: Do you remember where you were? Yeah. Where? Sure. I was at the Rockin' Rodeo in Denton. I was right, in, right, right, in. right oh, there with beside there. Yeah. Yes, sir. Standing? Oh, yeah. Because when the, when the strikeout happened... He put both hands in the air and everybody went to like rubbing his head. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. kinda, I mean, everybody was standing around me. Everybody, right. everybody knew that that was big for me. And once you get off that emotional, oh, my gosh, it just happened. And you get time to sit back and quiet and reflect. And that's when I think maybe you start getting a little bit emotional about the situation. Maybe not move to tears because, you know. I just felt, the old gray wolf. I, but just, I just felt really happy about it. I just
4: felt really, really good and really happy. And like I'd seen something that I've wanted to see for a long, long time and never thought I would. But all right.
3: not a thought of a tear welling well, up in your eye at all. I don't
4: cry, Donovan.
3: About anything. About anything. I mean, I'm really not wired
4: that way. Okay. You watch Old Yeller?
5: <laughs> no, I've never seen Old Yeller. Okay, we need to have you watch Old Yeller. I'm serious because I okay, want to. All right, Mike. Well, we can break you. I that beautiful little doggy can break you, Mike. I, I guarantee
3: you, it won't. So you haven't cried at a movie ever?
4: No, never. No,
3: never. Not even Deep Throat. <laughs> he wasn't the one
4: crying.
1: <laughs> that baby made him.
4: That's probably yeah, one the, of
3: his top three. Once he saw what she can do. He saw what that mouth can do. He's like, okay. oh, my gosh. The cry to that came later.
4: <laughs>
3: and that was a cry of and
4: help from somebody else. And I was his ministry. <laughs> oh, God.
5: No. All right, so I've always wondered this, Mike, and I want your answer. Whether it be a top three, a top five, as many as you can possibly list, I'll be honest, I do expect a Ranger World Series to be your number one answer, but I would like to know what uh, team, national, individual, Trophy championship would make you, not cry,
4: but emotional make you happiest. The the Ranger World Series. Okay. That's one. That's number one. Add, that is the one and only thing. The rest of it I've already experienced. I've experienced a Mavericks NBA Finals win. Well, and, up close, too. Yeah. And I love that. As one who has followed the Mavericks and been very, you know, somewhat close to the organization from day 1 that was really really neat to see them finally pull that off and especially in that way that they did and and where they did it and against the team they did it against right. and just everything else that w- that went with it that was really really neat to see it was neat to see the stars win the Stanley Cup although i had you know very little emotional attachment to that it's been neat to see the Cowboys win the Super Bowl every time they had now the first time was the best there for sure because they had come so close so many other times and it had always eluded them but finally that year that they won it I had a really good feeling from the start of the season on that that was going to be their year and it was
5: Would you rather the Cowboys win a Super Bowl or the U.S. team win the World Cup?
4: No, the Cowboys win a Super Bowl, no doubt.
5: Does that apply to all three of the local sports teams? Yes, it does. Ahead of the U.S. national team? Yes, it does. No national
4: pride, see? No. We got our national pride. We finally got our No national pride, but a lot of civic pride.
3: There you go. I want to go back to the movie and the crying thing. So not once, huh? At a movie that you've shed a tear. Not that I can think of. The ticket. Here is today's congenital host, Danny. Actually, this segment is brought to you
1: by Giant Wheels of Cheese. All right. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. So you guys and are... Green a, Tail Shiner. Yes, and Green Tail Shiner. All right, Mike is uh, often invoking the name of somebody that nobody knows who he is except a select few, and that would be Mr. Chad.
0: Yes, Chad
1: Stock Schlegel. Stock Stock Yes. Chad is a bandmate of mine, the band leader of the King Bucks. And about I guess it was maybe 2 or 3 years ago whenever kid first got here and I think Berea Berea's been here what, 5 years? Uh, this yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Berea was not getting as much playing time. I think there was at one point he was even maybe injured and sitting on the, the sidelines with a, in a suit. Well, Chad's always championed Berea because he's he's diminutive of, of stature and Chad's a little fella himself and he always roots for the guy because he's young and scrappy and has something to prove. Okay. Well, during a stretch, and I believe it was when the Mavericks were in the playoffs, that. Uh, God, two two or three years ago I can't remember he used to perform this improv song called berea at our shows
0: and this is back when when Carlisle didn't trust Berea at all he
1: wouldn't play him in, he
0: would, no he wouldn't play him in the playoffs
1: yes wouldn't play him in the playoffs it was often a healthy scratch and sometimes would sit over there in a suit and this made Chad very upset because he wanted he thought Berea had something and you know what the guy's right look at him now yes so he would improv this song berea just him on piano and he would make up the lyrics off the top of his head and one night we were in denton at dan silverleaf and this was actually captured on tape by jimmy the the uh the engineer there so i bring this to you three years later and i wanted to play it on the air because mainly because of how great Berea played against la and it's it kind of relates to the mavericks and I think it's just really funny. So, would you like to hear Chad's Berea song now? Yes, I'd love to. Mm-hmm. Here it goes.
6: Hope oh, this oh, is clean. I love to watch you play. But well, I know it's been a while now. But sometime you'll have your day. Sitting out, Berea. Now, oh, now they've got you in a suit. You're sitting on the bench. But you still look kind of cute Oh, now I don't mean to be gay the real, But if I had my way I'd take you out to a nice fancy dinner I'd even let you pay I said, now up oh, oh, rail We can go out for a feast They can stab it with their steely knives But they just can't kill the beast I said, now up oh, oh, the rail Got all the right moves. Now, if you were a song, I'm sure you'd be a fancy groove. I said now a oh, oh, rail. Wanna call you on the phone? We could form a Dixie combo. And I could show you my trombone. I said now. Oh, oh, for real. What more can I do? Tell them that you play. I will be forever blue That was sort of a weak crime I know, real. i am doing my best I wonder underneath that suit If you wear a silky vest Said I will You know you're all I've got When you're out on the field Or the court Well, whatever I obviously don't know that much About the game parade. JJ Barea bring him back, Dallas.
1: <laughs> he kind of lost track at the end and forgot what sport that he was That's singing okay. about.
0: That's okay. That's that okay. Awesome. That's awesome.
1: That's so great. Nothing doesn't get you excited for Mavericks Thunder more than that. Well, there's something wrong with you.
0: Well, he, so he would improv that, like yeah. on a on a what? Night by night. Whenever basis. we would
1: play, yeah, he just, you know how he is. It yeah. Go into random funny songs, and he was obsessed with J.J. Berea back then, and just every line was different every time he would do it, and that was one that happened to just get recorded. Awesome. Well done, Chad. Well done. And now let's enjoy a delicious cocktail with some <laughs> lovely
4: ladies. What do you say? Mm, yes. <laughs> All right. Outstanding work there. Five.